Welcome to the Happy Tans Podcast, where you will learn everything you need to know about running a successful sunless tanning business. We will interview some of the industry's top business owners to find out how they took a passion and turned it into a prosperous business. And here's your host, Grant Conscious. Hello, and welcome to the Happy Tans Podcast. On today's episode, we have Jennifer Diaz from Glow Out in wonderful Chicago. How are you doing today, Jen? I'm doing awesome, Grant. Thanks for having me. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to, to share some information with our listeners. Of course. I'm happy to help. Yeah, so if you want to give us a little background information about yourself and, and your salon, to just kind of introduce your, uh, yourself to the audience, that'd be great. Yeah, um, I'm Jennifer Diaz. I started in the sunless tanning industry in 2007. Started in the skincare industry um, with aesthetic school probably in, I think it was 2004. Um, located here in Chicago, Illinois. It's snowing right now, so that is a great reason to get a tan. <laughs> um, <laughs> and we also have another salon in Columbia, South Carolina. Okay, great, great. Thanks for uh, sharing that information. I know that you mentioned it was snowing, so oh, that'll be a fun day, I'm sure. Oh, it'll be an adventure for sure. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. That's great. So, Jen, I'm sure you know you've been in this for a while. Uh, the entrepreneurial journey is is fun, but it's also challenging. There's a lot of ups and downs. It's it's similar to a roller coaster. Um, so, I like to kind of touch on two different points in in your business, and one of them being the you know the lowest point, you know, one of the most challenging times, and then the other on the high end, kind of one of the most exciting and happy times during your uh, career. So, if you want to kind of touch on both of those and just share that with the audience, that'd be wonderful. Oh, for sure. Um, I was thinking about that, and I can't define one single lowest point for you because what I've noticed throughout the course of the last 10 years of just business ownership um, is that every day we're kind of faced with a new challenge, a new obstacle, something that you weren't expecting, something that you know you really might not have any knowledge of, and worst moments, I, I can't define just one. I can say my current... <laughs> <laughs> my worst moment is um, an accounting situation where, you know, there was a payroll issue and which as, an, as a business owner, you always are so concerned with taking care of your clients and taking care of your staff. Mm -hmm. Your staff is, you know, is just as important as your clients. And so that that's really hit me hard. And I'm human and it happens. Um, but I'd say that's my biggest challenge right now is just it's disappointing. It's a bummer. Um, you know, we've had we've had to move our physical location, and in the city of Chicago, that is is a logistical nightmare. Oh, I'm sure it is. <laughs> so and, and not knowing, there's not a handbook that says, "Here, business owner, you're awesome. Here's everything you need. Go out there and be somebody." It's not like that. We're constantly creating our own adventure. So, you know, staying up to date with certain changes in the city and zoning and licensing, that's not something that's necessarily easy to do here. So that's been a challenge for sure in the past year as well. Um, I would say high points. The, the most exciting thing for me has been when I see a vision of mine that came to life as just me, hustling on the streets of Chicago, going door to door in the snow, to becoming this full, you know, full-scale salon in, in multiple cities, and watching girls that I'm able to mentor replicate a vision that I had and having clients experience that with joy. I mean, there's probably nothing more satisfying for me than that. 
Wow, yeah, that that's a great story. And we kind of talked before we started recording, and you mentioned the you know the challenges and getting on the buses and the transportation and things like that. And that really resonated with me because I was telling you that the whole, one of the whole reasons behind this podcast is kind of help people set their get their mindset correct from the from the get go because it is a lot of challenges and. A lot of people aren't willing to put in that the work and the effort that goes into that, and you just you know you really spoke to that you know walking through the snow, getting on the public transportation to get to mobile appointments and things like that. So, you know, anything else you want to share about that or any other challenges you had, you know, just to kind of uh, speak to the audience. Sure. I mean, when I this is really going to date me, but when I started my business, there was no Facebook, there was no Instagram, there was no Uber. There, I don't even think there was MapQuest. So to be wow. going door to door in the snow and figuring it out and always staying on time, which I can't actually believe that that happened in that many <laughs> years, um, it's kind of a miracle, is, is just a test to will. It's a test of sheer will for me. A lot of us that get into this business, um, we may not have a formal business background. I for sure didn't have a formal business background. And in the beauty um, educational world, there's not a lot of actual business training. We do a lot of technical training yep. on the artistry of what we're doing, but it's just so much more involved than that. And, you know, my, one of my dreams is to make it a more robust um, atmosphere for people to learn that there's so much more that goes into it than servicing the client. That's a beautiful, wonderful thing, but that's so multifaceted. There's so many layers to what you need to do to make that work. And, Resilience, I think, is huge. Setbacks are going to happen every single day. Today, we're in the middle of a snowstorm. You know, we had a day to notice that it was coming. It, it, it can throw off the entire schedule. And if that is something you're not emotionally prepared for, it can really stress you out. And I think preparing yourself emotionally for the toils of business, for the ups and the downs, is, is key. One thing, a, a quote that I heard that always stuck with me is, Nothing bad lasts forever. Nothing good lasts forever. So never getting too attached to a failure and never getting too attached to a success. Yeah. Live it, experience it, and then let it pass because something else is coming that you're going to have to, you know, adapt to or, or experience. And if you attach yourself to a failure or to a success, it can be, you know, it can be sticky. It can be tricky. Yeah, definitely. There's a couple of things I want to touch on there. One, like you said, the... I can resonate with that too is the the bad and good things. It's like sometimes you feel like you're in a good point in your business, but for me it's like a never settle kind of thing because you know what it's like or you know how hard it's been to get there and you're like, you know, you don't want to fall back there. So how do you keep going so you're always hungry and you're never like satisfied, right? You never like, oh, I'm going to go sit on a beach and relax now because it's easy. You're like it's never going to be, you know, getting to that point is, is, you know, for a figment of people's imagination a lot of times. And then something else you spoke about there was the vision and what really pushed you forward, you know, through all that, because a lot, I think a lot of people get into this because, you know, as we've talked about uh, the low barrier to entry and the fact that a lot of people are probably chasing the money or see the money, you know, Oh wow, $40 for 10 minutes of my time. But like you have to have something bigger and want something more if you want it to be successful. Yeah. You can maybe tan two or three people a week if you want, you know, the money, but your vision was a lot stronger. That's what gave you the will to get up, you know, to get out there in the snow, to go through the public transportation, to be on time to all those appointments. So that's really important for people to realize. Oh, for sure. I couldn't agree more. And um, for me personally, it was never about the money. I've always juggled a lot of different things and, 
and hustle just to have some freedom and flexibility in my life, but it's never been about the money. Um, and there is so much that, that goes into it that keeping a realistic expectation can be hard to do, Grant, in the world that we live in today where there's so much messaging coming from friends, family, media, Instagram, TV, like radio, everywhere you go, there's messaging telling you what success means. Yep. And I think what's been really valuable for me is to look inward, to really sit down on a constant basis, constantly evaluating what does success mean to me. And once you define that for yourself, and it doesn't have to be similar to anybody else's version, once you define that for yourself, it's your compass, it's your guide, and it will guide you through all of these obstacles, all of the success, everything that you'll face. You can stay a little more centered if you really know, what does it mean for me? I'm going to block out all of the, the information that doesn't apply to me. That doesn't mean I'm living in a bubble, I'm ignoring the world. It just means I'm going to stay focused. I'm going to ingest the information that's relevant to me and my life. I'm going to be aware of other things going on, but I'm going to stay centered and focused on what my goals and my values and my version of successful life is. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. And ultimately, I, I, like you said, the messaging and all the noise, you know, so to speak, that we hear is hard to to kind of view what you view, what, what is success to you? And I spoke to a, a lady a couple of weeks ago and for her, she's a stay at home mom. She was able to quit her job. She just wants to do like five tens a week. And that is success to her. And like other people would say, no, I can't grow a business like that, but everybody's in a different point in their life. And like you mentioned, there's so much noise out there and, and in these forums, which are obviously a great platform, but they also can be challenging because people are like trying to compare themselves to everybody. And you know, you're in different climates, you're in different uh, cities that you, you know, speak to a different demographic or whatever it may be and it's completely different for each person and it's it's really challenging to compare apples to apples because it's never like that like and people come in there and say hey what's the best solution or what's the best machine and you're going to get you know the peanut gallery is going to go in there and throw their what their suggestions are but it's kind of different for everybody so it's it's really important for you to not only look in, internally and say what is success to me but to also kind of figure some of this stuff out for you what's best for you oh 100 percent and you know, one of the biggest things I believe is comparison is the thief of joy. It's not my quote. Some I, I can't even remember where I got it at this point. There's no point in basing even someone's online, you know, life. Someone's online life, you're not seeing all the layers of, of what can go on in a single day for a human being on this earth. And I think it's great to appreciate other lifestyles and get inspiration, of course, but going back to what I said before, one of my biggest things is I watch what I ingest now. I wasn't really aware. I wasn't fully aware of how much that messaging was affecting me until I watched my moods when I was doing certain things and realized, oh, this may not be the best use of my time. The best use of my time for me was to look at this life and this world and what I wanted from it and go in the direction of that and to go gently in that direction. You know, there's a lot of messaging where, you know, the girl boss movement and things like that, which I wholeheartedly adore, but that means something different for every single person. You can be a girl boss and be a single mom at home, not working. That is so hard to do. Yeah. So I, I'm going off on a tangent, but I think really, really staying centered and focused on who you are and what you want and what you want to give to the world is is key for me. Yeah, that, and that's great, and and I agree with you. You know, 100% behind the whole 
girl boss movement, things like that. I want to empower everybody to, to be the best that they can. So that's great to hear. Um, by the way, that quote, I believe Theodore Roosevelt. <laughs> yeah. Love him. Yeah, it was a very good quote. Very good quote. So thanks for sharing that. That was, like you said, a little bit of a tangent, but that's really important. It goes, it goes a lot deeper and people have to realize that, uh, it's not a surface level thing. And, you know, everybody's so plugged in and all the messaging is just in your face all the time. So people tend to kind of get discouraged, I think, too quickly. Um, you know, I've met a few people that are just starting out and then a couple weeks later, or a couple months later, they're done. And I'm like, what? Are you already giving up? Like, <laughs> just because everybody else in here is like, you know, 20, 30 times a week and you're just starting out. Like, it takes time. It's not, it's not easy. So everyone starts somewhere. And that's one of the biggest things I wish people would really honor about where they are. Everyone starts somewhere. Honor where you're starting. It's a beautiful place to be a beginner, to be learning. If you're constantly in the mindset of being a beginner, it doesn't matter what level you are, then you're constantly learning and you're constantly open. And your mindset is is ripe for a lot of really rich experiences to come your way. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks for sharing that. Uh, So, Jen, as the business has grown and for you, I know you have uh, two locations and things like that, and obviously it was just you starting out in mobile, and now you're two locations. So how is how is your workload or how is your workflow, everything changed for you, you know, from a daily to a weekly to a monthly uh, schedule versus what you used to do? Obviously, it used to be probably a lot more hands-on, and now it's more managing people, I'm assuming, and things like that. You know what? I have a – it's a delicate balance of both. I'm still in the salon servicing clients. Um I still love that hands-on experience, so I am trying to balance how many hours a week I do that, trying to move a little bit, a bit, a little bit less of that so that I can grow the vision for me, and I'll be 100% honest, I hope this is helpful to people, I do not have the best management skills. I have a lot of love for people. I want to mentor, I want to help, but I think a manager is very, um, it's, there's a lot more layers to being a manager than having the right intentions and wanting to mentor people. So one of the things that I'm working on is finding someone that has more experience than I do in that, in that range. I don't have to be great at everything. You know what I'm saying? I want to, I want to own what I'm really awesome at and what really makes me happy. And that's the experience for the clients and the experience for the employees. So that's every site, every sound, every feel, everything that happens in that space and everything that comes from our brand. I love that. I love vision. So I'm learning that about myself through some, through some, you know, challenging situations is that, Hey, maybe I don't have to put this hat on. Maybe I can now be at the point where I can hire somebody who can do something that doesn't light me up that they're really good at. Cause some people love that. They die for it. They love it. It's not me. Um, yeah. <laughs> to be very candid, that's something that I've learned just recently and, and I'm kind of excited for it after I got through the initial, um, you know, super challenging moment of realizing that now I'm like, cool, let's like, let's get all the pieces in place. So this thing can really rock with the right people doing the right things. And I think going back to honoring yourself and, and really figuring out what you love and what makes you happy is a big key to success because then you can get out of the way and not do things that maybe aren't exactly what you're meant to do. Yeah, that's a very that's good point. Okay. Very good point. Sorry to cut you off there. That's okay. 
Yeah, that's a very good point. I follow uh, an entrepreneur named Gary Vaynerchuk. I don't know if you've heard of him. He's Yeah, he's pretty in your face and everything, but the one thing he always says and I really really like the whole do do what you're good at and forget the rest and it's it's interesting because a lot of uh messaging and things are around your weaknesses and how to improve things. Um and I, I you know, I agree with people being well-rounded and things like that. But there's certain things that people struggle with and there's certain things that you're really good at and vice versa. So like like he says, like you were saying, like do what you're good at and what you enjoy and the rest, you know, hire somebody to do it. Like there's somebody that really wants to do that bookkeeping or sit there and crunch numbers. For me, I don't want to do that. So. It can take me 30 hours and in tears and beating myself up because I can't figure this out. That is not my skill set. That is not where my innate gifts and talents are, are best spent. And I think once you take the ego out of it, you stop beating yourself up for things that maybe aren't your skill set and would take a really long time to learn. Put somebody in place that can do them and move on. I think it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. And I don't want to mislead people. Obviously, when you're starting out, you probably have to wear a lot, a lot of hats. Oh, but, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but as soon as you can afford to hire somebody, and, and if it's something you don't enjoy and it's a repeatable process, if it's something that you can document and it's it's something that you can that's repeated every time, like you can definitely train somebody to help you. So. That's a good thing to keep in mind. That yeah, I really want your um, the listeners to be aware. I can only be in that position because I'm ten years in. Yep. Yep. So I've been able to spend all the time hustling, all the time grinding, all the time educating, all the time tweaking, changing the process, um, building the clientele, building the the employees. It, that is not something you can do. You know, year one, two, three, four, maybe even five. <laughs> yeah. And I want people to hear that again. She said 10 years, not 10 months, not 10 weeks. That's 10 years of work. So people that are, you know, a few months in, a couple years in, three, four, five years in, like she was saying, it's, it's, it takes time. So be patient and it will come. Yeah, I love you. You got this. But do the work. Put in the time. There you go. There you go. So, Jen, of all the things that you've done uh, to help you be successful in this business, if there's one thing that you could pinpoint and say that was the one thing that has been the most instrumental in the success of the business, what would that be? Mm, I do have, I have a good idea of that. Um, we always follow up. When I first started going door to door and I would get home at the end of the day, the next morning, the first thing I did was send a personal email. I really like to stay a little bit away from text because I feel like it can be invasive sometimes. You never know how many people, you know, your client is reaching out to in a day's time. And when I email them for me, it gives them time to respond when they're ready. So I personally like that, but I send a follow-up email and I check in. Hey, it was amazing to see you today because it was. Um, it was amazing to see you today. Wanted to check in to, to make sure you're loving your tan. How you feeling? Mm -hmm. And people remember that. You're going to Costa Rica. How was it? Did you see the monkeys? I don't know. Whatever you say, <laughs> you make notes for each client so that we know what's going on in their life. Especially when you grow, I think this can be really helpful because you start out as a technician. Everybody gets used to Jen, the golden girl. <laughs> and then you, you bring in these people, and in order for them to get to trust those people, they have to be somewhat similar to you. They don't have to be the same, but the process does need to be consistent, and that gives people comfortability. So when one of my girls starts and they're new and they follow that same process, people get it. There's a light bulb that goes off, and they say, you know what, this is what this company is about. They're about attention to detail. They're about following up and checking in. They're about my $60 that I just spent on a spray tan is pretty important to them. Yep. So that has been something that has been really, really, really 
um, instrumental for our success, I believe. Yeah, that's a very good point. And it's, it's little things, you know, and I try to do that even with people I just meet is like maybe jot down their kids' names, whatever they mention. So you remember next time, say, how is, you know, so-and-so? Because that, that goes a long way. A lot of people are just very surface level and they don't pay attention or, or they really don't genuinely care about the people and the, the service that they're providing. So it goes a long way if you do. Oh, and it's really always makes me laugh when clients are like, you have the best memory. I'm like, no way. If you <laughs> When you get to a level where you're super duper busy and you're doing 40 TANs a day times however many technicians, there's no way you can remember what formula you used, um, how you tweak the formula, whatever adjustments that you made, what's going on with their skin, what's going on with sometimes, and I've noticed in, uh, sometimes I've noticed that um, people's diet can affect a spray tan. So all of those things, so if you ever were to notice a reaction, you really want to get very detailed in the service that you're providing and make notes like any other practitioner in a health or wellness field. Mm. Very good. Yeah, that's a very good point. Yeah, taking notes, is it can go a long way, definitely. So speaking of, uh, you mentioned the, the solution. Do you mind sharing the type of equipment and solution you use? This is obviously, you can say no if you don't want to share it, but that's... Oh. We, we do have our own our own brand of solution Great. that I developed with the chemist about six years ago. Awesome. Um, and so that is what, what we particularly use, which I love. And there's a lot of great solutions out there. For the, the equipment, we've always used Maximist. Um, well, not always. I think I started out with Vanity mm-hmm. way back in the day, 10 years ago. <laughs> you know, I just Googled whatever there was and, and tried it. Um, but over the course of time, we loved the Maximist Pro and all of those um, but when we moved to our new location about six months ago, and it's all determ- it was all determined by ventilation, which is super super important. Um, we had to go to we had to go to a Saint Tropez unit because they have the extraction unit that would fit in the the specs of our space and our treatment rooms uh-huh. and the equipment that goes along with it. And I really do love it. It really has been great for us. I was a little bit weary. Um, because the gun is plastic, and I've always been anti-plastic. Um, you have to have this Maximus Pro gun that's stainless steel and this and that. But <laughs> I noticed over the course of time, even my newbies that have only been tanning a year, those guns are super heavy. So they do end up causing um, shoulder pain from the repetitive motion, depending on how many tans you do. Yeah. So in essence, I'm super happy that we changed over to the St. Tropez. I really do like it. Um it's worked really well for us. Yeah, yeah, and I agree. The guns, obviously, people ask what's the best. I mean, the stainless steel is obviously a, a different build. It's probably a little more solid build, but people have their favorites. A lot of people like the plastic guns. I know Fabiola, on a couple episodes ago, she had to go back to a lighter gun, which was plastic, to help with the, the pain that she was having for, from spraying. Yeah. So it just kind of depends, you know, season it to your taste. Yep, exactly, and... Yeah, exactly. I don't have anything to add to that. <laughs> <laughs> did you, uh, Jen, when you started out, I know it's been uh, a few years, did you go through any training and certification? There might not have even been any when you started. There was nothing that I could find when I started. Luckily, I'd had a um, the, my aesthetics degree, so a lot of the um, a lot of the information from the skincare world and, and knowing all the layers of the skin and, and different diseases and disorders I was able to apply, but it was all trial and error for me. I mean, girls now that are getting into this industry are so lucky because there is a lot of access to educational information of different um, varieties. But for me, it was trial and error on my girlfriends, 
for six months before I ever charged a client. And that's something I will say, if I could give any advice to new people starting, take the time to practice, develop your muscle memory, do a tan and check in in four days, how's the fade? Check in in seven days, how's it, how's it fading? How long is it lasting? Put in the work, do the due diligence to become an actual artist um, versus just picking it up and going and learning along the way for paying clients, which is something I really, really do discourage. Yeah. Did you say you went six months before you charged anyone? Yep. Okay. Wow. I, I felt so. I was just making sure I heard that correct. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm, I'm crazy like that. I really believe that when people spend their money, it doesn't matter what it is. It can be a coffee from Starbucks or it can be a $60 spray tan. Their money matters. Everyone's working super hard to make their way in this world and to make money, and I don't take that lightly. Yep, that's a very good point. And, and perfecting your craft, and I, and I tell a lot of people when they're starting out, they want to get in there and obviously get their return on investment immediately, which is great, but you want to make sure that you're providing the best you know quality product or service that you can, so learning that process learning that like you said the muscle memory and and doing a lot of free tans i mean it's okay you got to put in the work up front and it's worth it to perfect it to get reviews to get pictures whatever you need to do people are so focused i feel like sometimes on the money and i'm like hey give a free tan in exchange for a picture or a review like it's totally worth it for your business and something i just want to kind of get off on a tangent here about is about the reviews because i you know pulled your information in 190 two Yelp reviews and like 60 something on Facebook is quite amazing. So is there any process or anything that you do for that? Or is it just came with the, the quality of work that you provide? I wish I could tell you there was some secret trick, but it was when I first started, and this is so funny when I first started in, like I said, there was no Facebook, there was no social media, there was no networking. And all it was, was, was mouth, uh, word of mouth, um, referrals. And I didn't have money for advertising. I couldn't couldn't do anything like that. So I said, you know what? I'm going to be old school. One person loves it, they'll tell five friends. One person doesn't love it, they'll tell 20. Yep. You know, I don't know that the, rash, the, the ratios are exact accurate, but you get what I'm saying. Um, we just, we've never asked people to Yelp. We never pay people to Yelp. We just, we just hope that if they love their service, they'll tell, they'll tell somebody about it. And nine times out of ten, it's worked for us. Yeah. And when people do do those reviews, I can speak specifically to Yelp. Facebook is a little different because I found a lot of like catfish reviews from people from overseas that have never been here. So I don't put too much energy into that. And Yelp can be a little bit um, a little bit glitchy where people can go on and put negative reviews or competitors. A lot of times they catch that, but when people review us on Yelp or I go in and I and I respond back to each and every one and and I thank them for their feedback whether it was good bad or ugly. Yep. That's because no matter what if I'm looking at that it's going to help my business in some kind of manner even if it's not positive it's going to help me get to the next level. Sure, sure. Very good point. I see I see people posting sometimes they might get a negative review, it might be fake, it might be real, but the only thing you can really do is respond. Yeah, if it's fake, you can, might be able to get Yelp or Google or whoever to remove it. But if ultimately if they didn't catch it or it's not against their terms of service, they're probably not going to re- remove it. So you have to respond to that. Hey, if it's fake, hey, we didn't see you on our client list. But if it is a real review, sorry, how can we you know, fix this for you? We'll definitely give you something in, in return, a free 10, whatever it is. We'd like to, to make, it, make it good with you. Oh, for sure. And um you know, if I have learned with Yelp over the of the course of the last decade that if it, if your reviews or majority of them are very positive 
and somebody looks at a negative review that's just a slay fest, like they've just ripped into you, nine times out of ten, they'll look at that other person's reviews and see that there may be a pattern that that is the nature of that person, and they tend to ignore it, really. The consumers are smart. you got to give them credit. They're smart. If the majority of what people are saying is positive, they're going to, they're going to typically lean in that direction of, of believing in the best in you. If the majority is negative, there's something to look at. But we can't discredit the consumer. They're pretty smart. Yep, yep. And they trust, you know, from studies, it shows that they trust reviews about 90%-ish as much as they would a personal referral from a friend or family. So it's pretty, pretty important to keep those reviews and get those reviews too. So. Oh, yeah, for sure. Definitely, definitely. Well, Jen, uh, the last question here to kind of wrap up, if you could write a letter to yourself when you, would, when you were just starting out, what would you say? Be cool, honey bunny. <laughs> it'll be all good you'll make mistakes you'll you'll have wins you'll have losses but at the end of the day this whole entrepreneurial journey is is taking you on to your next best thing your next best moment in your life and just try to enjoy the ride very good very good Jen that was this has been a lot of, of very helpful information I don't know some people like to put if, if people want to have any questions for you want to reach out do you mind if they reach out if they do what's the best way you know email maybe or something um, what is the best way to reach out yeah I would love for people to reach out if they have questions maybe Instagram just direct message me um, my my Instagram handle for myself is at Jen the golden girl Jen with two N's um, yeah, maybe maybe reach out that way is probably best. Okay. And I'd love to help anyone I can. Sure, and I'll make sure to, to link to your Instagram in the show notes so people can find it there. Uh, Jen, thank you again for your time. This has been a lot of useful and helpful information for everyone. So thanks again for sharing your, your time and your knowledge and, and your day with us. Oh, my gosh, my pleasure, Grant. Thanks so much for having me. You're welcome. Take care, Jen. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hey, happy Tanners. Thank you again for spending your time with us today. This interview was amazing with Jen Diaz from Glow Out in Chicago. Uh, she also has a location in Columbia, South Carolina. She shared a ton of useful information and insight into her business and her mindset and everything. We got a little deep on talking about what's really success look like to you and really understanding what that is because it's easy to get lost in all the information and seeing how everyone else is doing and not focusing on what it really means to you to be successful. She talked about the hard days and working for 10, you know, she's been in it for 10 years. She worked, she did it for six months for free before she even charged anyone for a tan because she wanted to make sure that she was providing the absolute best service possible. She follows up with every single person that she tans as well as her employees. They do the same. She responds to every single review, good or bad. She puts in the work and that is why she is successful. So I just want everyone to realize that it takes a lot of work. But make sure that you are following your path to success and what works for you. Thank you again, Jen, for joining us on this episode. It, it really means a lot to have you here. And happy Tanners, thank you so much for listening. If you have any questions, as always, feel free to reach out, grant at happytans.com, or just go to the website, happytans.com. I'd be happy to help in any way that I can. 